Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Where I Stand. It's your host, Ray Tucker. And Jay Jones. <laughs> yep. And um, so it's Tuesday's episode, and uh, we're not going to be joking around like we normally do a whole lot. And we're no. just cause, because we don't want to um, misrepresent and come off, you know, flimsy and whatnot. Mm. Right. So last episode, we talked about preventing sexual immorality by engaging in community establishing boundaries mm-hmm. and having open communication with specific members within your community. Today we'll continue to talk about sexual immorality and we want to caution our viewers that this is, this is an adult topic right. and not suitable for small children. Yeah. This is a very divisive issue within the church culture and American culture in general. And we want to caution our viewers and listeners that we may present ideas that you may not agree with, and we take a strong stance against violence, either physical or verbal, towards anyone who's struggling with sexual struggling with sexual immorality. And there is no biblical mandate that encourages violence towards anybody, either physical or verbal. Right. While we understand the deeply held beliefs and experiences of the LGBTQ plus community, we also believe that the Bible is the reveal the Bible is God's revealed plan for mankind. And that his word is perfect in its original transmission to mankind, specifically that mankind was created as man and woman mm-hmm. for the express purpose of reflecting his glory through the consummation of marriage of a man and a woman. With that being said, we continue our conversation on sex and focusing on homosexuality. homosexuality. We're going to talk about the identity issue, mm-hmm. the marriage issue, and then we're going to leave off on encouragement because that is a really good spot. Absolutely. So let's dive right into it. First Corinthians verse chapter chapter six, verse nine through eleven. Again, we're reading out of the NLT version because for for our viewers it tends to just flow a lot better. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or female prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheat people. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah. Now here's a key part. Some of you were once like that, mm-hmm. but you were cleansed. You are made holy. Mm-hmm. You are made right with God yes. by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus, Jesus. Christ and by the spirit of our God. Mm-hmm. Now, key thing to remember, we touched on this in past episodes, is that Corinthians is an epistle or a letter right. written by Paul to what To now? the church. That's right, mm-hmm. to the church. 
he's talking to Christians first that are in Corinth, yes, the city of Corinth, right? You know, saying that some of you were once this way, absolutely. Some of these Christians were once practicing these same things, or right. the whole list, absolutely. Some of these Christians were practicing the same, absolutely. Thing. All right, this is what we're called out mm -hmm. of. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure we establish right from the right off the bat. Is that we're not here to judge anybody. Mm -hmm. We're not here to condemn anybody. Mm -hmm. But we are. But we're not going to shy away from the express word of the gospel, right? right. Of, the, of scripture, right? Like this. This is God's revealed plan for mankind. This is mm -hmm. what He revealed to us. Absolutely. You know, and we see it in nature as well. Right. So we're going to go into and talk a little bit about the identity issue, and we're first going to read some excerpts from a publication by the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration. And this is the uh, the top health issues for right. LGBT populations, information and resource kit. And I'll try to provide that link. And I won't, I won't try. It's only do or do not. So right. I will try. I, I said I try again. I will put this link. Just do it. Just, just do it. Like Matt Yoda said, there is no right. trial. There's no trial. It's only do or do not. Right. But um, Or Nike, just do it. Or Nike, just do it. <laughs> So, in the mid-1920s, German sexologist Magnus Hirschfeld published an article making the first differentiation between a desire for same-sex acts and a desire to live and or dress as the opposite sex. It wasn't until the 1950s that the concepts and theories about gender, gender roles, and gender identity were introduced and defined in the literature. Now, mm. mind you, that's a hundred years ago when he first right. started putting this out there. So they're thinking long game, right? Mm -hmm. The ongoing work of these and other pioneers. Now, mind you, these are excerpts, so this is not like a literal verbatim reading reading of the entire article. Right. right. I'm just kind of just trying to make the point here, right? Mm. The ongoing work of these and other pioneer researchers in the field of gender identity development raised awareness that gender is not exclusively determined by an assigned sex at birth, but determined by a person's sense of belief right. and ultimate expression of self. Right. Now, I have this highlighted. Hold on a second. I'm sorry. I have so many things highlighted because I, I wanted to just highlight them and um, point this out. So when you're making a shift away from biology to psychology, right? Right. Right. We're talking about gender not exclusively determined by assigned sex at birth mm. but ultimately by a person's sense mm -hmm. belief. right you realize your senses can be manipulated very easily very right. easily right. i could turn a temperature down or up and <laughs> you'll be affected very easily right 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 and the psychology the psychology aspect is falling anyway yeah. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Desperately wicked. So your desire is to do wrong. The only time our desire changes, going back to the text, is you were washed and saved by Jesus yep. Christ. Amen. So before then, our desire was to do wickedness. So relying on your own way of thinking, who I think I am or how I feel, is, is it's a faulty way of doing things. Yep. Yeah, because, I mean, the thing about it is you're shifting away from biology mm -hmm. or in the shifting from biology to psychology, mm -hmm. you know, you realize that they're like, let me put it this way. The reason they shifted mm -hmm. from biology 
to psychology is because they realize there's no logical argument against right. the biology. Right. 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 But if you make it into psychology, then you can argue. Um, then you can make then you can argue the legitimacy of the ideal. Right. Right. Especially in a nation where we have the protective right of free speech and right. expression. Right? right. So now that if it's an ideal, it's something that I feel. Mm-hmm. You can't make a law against something I feel. Mm-hmm. You can't. You can't argue against something I feel. Right. 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 So that's true. Can't argue with that. Moving on. Some research suggests that three external factors may influence how a person develops and ultimately expresses their gender identity: centrality, evaluation, and felt pressure. Centrality refers to how important gender is to a person's overall identity. Evaluation refers to how a person views his or her gender in terms of cultural standards, beliefs, and norms. And felt pressure refers to a person's feelings about the need to conform to these cultural standards, beliefs, and norms. Now, the word, let me bring it back up, actually. So, importance... You know, when you define that out, it's marked by marked by or indicative of significant worth or consequence, valuable and content or relationship. relationship. And that's key right there because what happens is if you say that if you if, if you're making this argument that who I am is no longer what I was when I was born. Mm-hmm. What you're doing in that process is you're devaluing your original sex, the right. sex that God purposed for you to be, purposed for you to live out. Absolutely. Right? And your value is what your value, like your value is what your value is. You know, God made you in this particular way mm-hmm. because he value, values you in that way. What you're really saying to God is, no, your value is incorrect. Mm-hmm. Not just that you're wrong, but the value is wrong. Right. Um, I've had these conversations with my wife about womanhood, again, from the culture that she comes from and how they feel less than. It has led her at times to say that I wish that I was a man. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, in doing that, you're actually taken away from the value that God has given you in the beginning by saying I made you as a woman. Going back to the origins, y'all have equal dominion. You are yes. equal to the man. And so you, you, you downgrade yourself when you do that. Also, with an individual that could be, let's say it's a black man, right? And he's a, he he I, I don't like the way that I look. I hate my color. Well, you were made in the image and likeness of God. And now you're saying that God, what God did wasn't a good thing, mm-hmm. that you, there's no value in your color. And I, I would go as far as to say that that is uh, something that as a believer talking to the Christian, because we are held accountable, you need to repent from that. Yes. You do. So if you're saying God makes a mistake, then you're saying right. God not good. If you're saying right. God not good, right. then God not God. Exactly. Because God is always good. Exactly. If God's not good, then He's man. Mm-hmm. And God not man that's God not a man that He should lie. He didn't make a mistake by making you what you are. It is the sinfulness of man that may cause you to feel less than or to feel oppressed. But yeah. that that wasn't God's that wasn't God's uh, plan. It's through sin that all of those things happened and everything was through all. So we have to we have to look at the origins and what was God's plan for man and find our value in what God thinks, what is God's standards 
rather than again what that thing was talking about cultural standards yep. or things that happen within the culture exactly and uh going back to uh centrality you know like i said it seeks to reassess the value of your sexual identity mm-hmm. you know but your sexual identity your sexual value is determined by birth right. evaluation now evaluation and felt pressure those are kind of both amoral tools they're mm-hmm. either immoral or moral mm-hmm. but they're both tools mm-hmm. that can be used to used for general perception and establishing justice and also identifying hypocrisy mm-hmm. right we use we, we use the tools every day mm-hmm. to point out like wait a minute you're not doing something that you you say one thing you do another right children are keen at that <laughs> <laughs> yeah they are <laughs> man check yeah, really so moving on we're gonna um the next question so really the question is identifying the identity issue, the identity issue mm-hmm. you know and identifying as the sin because you are not the sum total of what you do right you know you may lie and that may make you a liar in the moment mm-hmm. but or even for a season right all right but you can repent yes and you can put that away mm-hmm. all right just because you do something i mean that's who you are for the entirety of your being mm-hmm. for all eternity mm-hmm. you know but if you repent if you once a lot, once were a liar, and then you repent, you're no longer a liar. Right. You're a new creation. Right. All right. You know, likewise, you may practice homosexuality, and that might make you a homosexual for that time period. Mm-hmm. But if we, if you repent and put it away, if you actually don't want to do this and you don't want to live this lifestyle, mm-hmm. there is a way out. Absolutely. You know, through Jesus Christ, because yep. there is no temptation that is given to man where there's no way out mm-hmm. you know there's always a way out of temptation absolutely. through jesus christ absolutely you know so just because you've done these things don't mean you have to say that's who i am mm-hmm. you know and we're going to get into identity a lot more in in the coming episode we right. talk about who god says he is who god says you are right who you say you are right. who satan tries to say you are right right you know, so the danger comes when I say, oh, I sin and I'm proud of it. Right. Or so. So that's what I kind of what we're saying. We're homosexual. We're right. pride month. Right. You know, right. oh, I'm gay and I'm proud. Right. Mm-hmm. Or but if you if you apply that to that list, that's in first Corinthians six that we read mm-hmm. earlier. If anyone else were to say, oh, I'm a liar and I'm proud of it. What would you make of that? Exactly. You know, you'd be like, okay, well, I ain't going to be your friend. Exactly. You liar. Well, I ain't telling you nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you I know? can't trust you. I can't trust you. You know, it's one thing I learned growing up, you know, in New York, you know, like your words, your bond, right? Wow. So, so the way I internalized that and translated that to mean is that you can be whatever you want to be when you grow up. Mm. Just don't be a hypocrite. Right. Nobody likes a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Thieves don't like a hypocrite. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, the entire job is based on that. Exactly. You know, what happened after that first scene? You know? I don't know if you've seen the Italian job or not. Have you seen the Italian job? No, I have not seen it. Wait, no. I have seen the Italian yeah. job. It was a long time ago. Yeah, I watched, it with, it, was I watched it with my cousin on cable. I don't remember it. But I have seen it, though. <laughs> But if but you're I, watching I, this domo, the Italian job. But, but yeah, basically after that first job, mm. you know, they get double crossed, mm. right? Guess what? Hypocrite. Mm. That's the point. Mm. So I'm not gonna 
Spoiler alert, okay? So there it goes. Right. If you, I mean, this movie's almost 10 years, probably more than 10 years old by now. Yeah, so if you haven't seen I was it, watching that back. like in middle school. Yeah. Mm hmm. Anyway, moving on. Um, yeah, I kind of just said that already. Reading my notes right now. Right. Doubling down on it. Doubling down, doubling down. So next issue is the marriage issue. Mm. Talk about legality, right? Mm. So we already covered the biblical marriage and the purpose for marriage, or God's purpose for marriage mm. in the first episode of this series, right. right? So if you don't know what you're talking about, don't know what we're talking about, go back and watch, you know, on sex, the origin, right. the genesis of sex, right? Mm-hmm. So on this basis, we don't believe churches should be forced to perform same-sex marriages, right? Because we have a biblical mandate. This is what we believe to be true, you know, right. when it comes to life in general. Right. However, you know what's what's law of the land, law of the land, right? Right. So, you know, uh, legally, you don't need a church stamp of approval to get married, or at least not in Texas, anyways. Right. Um. But um. So in Texas, as of 2015, same-sex marriage is allowed, and a person a person can cannot get a license for what three things, right? He can't marry a relative. Mm-hmm. He can't if you have you can't get a license to marry someone who's already currently married. So technically, polygamy is outlawed. Yeah. And a person cannot get a license to marry someone that has been divorced within 30 days. Wow. All right. So so those are the only three caveats to to getting a license. Mm-hmm. So again. What we're trying to say is, you know, although this is not a, you know, legality does not equal morally sound or right, permissible, right. especially not in Christian orthodoxy. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to get that twisted. I know I got some people looking at me going sideways saying, thinking that I, I permit certain things. I'm like, well, yeah. if God allows them to have breath in the lungs and God permitted it. Yeah, we we that is definitely not where we stand. We we see clearly in Scripture um, with uh, Paul, with Peter, and even Christ that um, at the end of the day we gonna choose God over government. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you have your laws, but if it if it interferes with um, what the Lord has called us to do, then we will stand against that. Yes, and you see people going to jail even now for some of these things because they stand against those. Mm-hmm. So, like I, like I said, this does not equal permissible in Christian orthodoxy. You know, you, you'll never hear me, you know, affirming a gay marriage mm. because it's not. It goes against what God's it goes against God's word. It goes against God created order when it comes mm-hmm. to nature and how we're supposed to um, reproduce and procreate. Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't reflect God's glory, mm-hmm. right? But right. What, I'm, what I am saying is that. You know, this issue should not be used as a political football to divide people and, and, and just ignore it. Really, just ignores the real issues mm. that people are facing. Because mm. ordination, anyone can get ordinated. Exactly. You know, you could go to ordination dot com or get organ get ordinated, get ordained. I'm sorry, right. org. Ordinated. <laughs> you know, you go to uh, get ordained dot org. Right. You know, check your county marriage requirements, order supplies, get a Marriage license, and that's it. There you go. Simple right? as that. So, so anybody can. Doesn't matter your theological background. Exactly. Anybody can go get ordained mm-hmm. and do a same-sex wedding, no matter wherever you want. So exactly. The point I'm trying to get at is there doesn't have to be so much friction between the LGBT community and the 
orthodox christian absolutely if you if this is what you want to do you want to go live in sin we can't stop you go ahead and do what you want to do anyways right you know i can't stop you i can't physically try to stop you no i can't put my hands on you no don't want to (laughs) don't want to right for real don't want to you know and um but anyway so the next little caveat is you know the marriage issue we're talking about the common law marriage right mm-hmm. and a path it's kind of like a pathway to do what you want but again i want to say this is not a theological stamp of approval mm-hmm. all right there has to be see i tend to forget that although jesus didn't intend marriage or didn't intend divorce at at first However, it's in the law. I had right? to smile because you stole the words right out of my head. <laughs> I was just about to go to the law and how it regulated sin. It, it, sin still needed to be regulated, even though God may not have affirmed what was going on. We still need laws put in place to regulate when people do things that are outside of God's moral law. Because why? The hardness of heart. Exactly. You know, so if if this is the path you want to choose, fine. Like this. You know, and, and I know some people are going to get on me for get at get on me for even talking about this. Mm-hmm. And, oh, you're permitting them. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be showing them the way to sin. I'm like, look. You don't have to show they, nobody. They, you don't have to. They're going to do what they want to do. Do what they want to do anyway. Exactly. But I rather them know a legal avenue rather than, you know, be a firebrand in your house. Right? Seek for peace. Yes, seek for peace. We if, commanded if, to do if, that. If this is what you want to do to bring peace, not just to you, but to your household, mm-hmm. fine. Be that as it may. God's mercy is far, far. We don't, we will never understand the depth of God's mercy. No. And I have to rest on the fact that if God wanted to just basically off you the moment you sin, there'll be no one here because mm-hmm. we all would have been dead. I love this verse from a beautiful eulogy. He says, um, if God is love, why does he allow the hatred? If he wiped out the wicked, the whole earth would be vacant. Mm. Perfect. There's a there's an apology for uh, people who say, well, if God is love, then why does he do? We should all be gone. We should <laughs> all be gone. We should all be gone. For I got blood on my ledger. Man. Know, so it's <laughs> I'm dirty. <laughs> but he wiped me clean. <laughs> so, so speaking of... Um, we, we don't know, like, there's so many laws in different states and different mm-hmm. counties, marriage, even down to the city you're in, the right. law is going to be very different, mm-hmm. you know, but what I, what I do know and do my homework on is a very, a valid common law marriage in Texas, also, also called an informal marriage, mm-hmm. is a legal marriage where individuals become spouses without getting a marriage license and having a marriage ceremony. In Texas, there are two ways to establish a common law marriage. A couple may a couple may establish a common law marriage by signing a declaration of their informal marriage, which must be certified by and filled with filed with the county clerk. Mm-hmm. That's one way. Excuse me, sorry. I should probably have some more right now. <laughs> Another way to establish a common law marriage in Texas is to agree to the following three things. A couple must agree to be married. After the agreement, the couple must live together as spouses in Texas. And lastly, the couple must represent to others that they are married. I'm borrowing this from the SMU legal blog, by the way. I'll put that link in the description as well. All three requirements must be met in order to have a common law marriage. 
proving a common law marriage does not depend on how long you have been living together or whether you had children together. Once proved, a common law marriage has no lesser status, which means that it is illegally it uh, it is as legally valid as a formal marriage. Now, I am not a lawyer, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're trying to take what I say to the bank and go to your employer and apply for insurance, that's go through your lawyer for that. So I'm just reading you reading to you from SMU's right. legal blog. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, I'll post that link. But the point is, again, we're not trying to promote sin. Right. We're not trying to say, hey, you know, you guys go live together. Look, you're gonna do what you're gonna do anyways. Yeah. You know, I'm just telling you a clear pathway to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's it. You know. Right. That way there's no friction between you trying to go and fight with the church and get them to approve. Yeah, we, we don't need that 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 smoke, <laughs> as they say. It's, it's not, you know, how do I put it? You know, if we believe something is true, mm-hmm. like if you believe the sky is blue, mm-hmm. and you tell me the sky is green. You know, I'm not gonna change my position for you. It's like if you want to believe the sky is green, then green. I don't know. I'm sorry, I don't have to tell you. But kind of the same thing here. It's kind of a bad analogy. It really is a bad analogy. But the point of point Now you got to finish it. <laughs> now, uh, nah, I want to ban it. Ah, <laughs> ban the ship. I want to ban the ship on that one. Point is, you know, it's a thorny issue. There are no silver bullets. There is no clean. Well, I mean, the Bible, as far as us who are, you know, redeemed and born again, there is a clean answer. Mm. There is a clean one way. But obviously not everyone believes that. Right. Right. So the silver bullet for us will be faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. And we want everyone to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But until then, there's mercy, you know, and God has mercy because he allows you to have breath. Right. If he didn't have mercy, then we all wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Went over that. So what do we got next? Oh, yeah. So encouragement. Yes. So. Let's bring up First Corinthians again. So don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people. Again, this is a, not an exhaustive list, but a very extensive list. Mm-hmm. Or are drunkards or are abusive or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. So we're not just bashing on homosexuality. All these same people will not inherit the kingdom of God. But guess what? Some of you were once like that. Mm -hmm. But you were cleansed. You were made holy and you were made right with God. By what? Calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. We can't do this on our own. Nope. Not nope. at all. I'm glad you touched on that. Um, the other sins. And in particular, I want to touch on the, um, 
the the argument that you may get well what about uh heterosexual sins the sexual immorality which is what we touched on on the last episode it's under the same tree it's sexual immorality yes so it's not just this the church has had a posture of standing against homosexuality and attacking it as though it is the unforgivable sin and it is the worst sin committed we can talk about that later but regardless sexual immorality if if i'm out here cheating on my wife or if i'm a single man and i'm out here sleeping with a bunch of women i'm under the same umbrella as the homosexual it is Mm -hmm. sexual sin it is fornication it is adultery it's all under the same branch and from the origins we see that god never intended for that it was for the husband and the wife to be with one another anything outside of that is sinful and so there that's just under the sexual immorality uh umbrella but there's also other sins that were uh, listed on there as well and so that's we got to stop doing that as a church we got to stop having that posture of always going in on homosexuality which is kind of weird to me because if it's not supposed to be named among us and most people that are in there are not homosexual why are we talking about it so much yes really (laughs) you know like like that really makes it but into the heart the, the mouth speaks so wow. it, it's kind of like i always mm-hmm. i mean i don't know about you but i grew up hearing the phrase no homo wow. and i saw it through that immediately i'm like but you don't want to say it right i'm like why do you keep bringing it up i'm not thinking about it why do you right. keep saying it right and that was just a side note of something i thought about we i always i could hear it behind the pulpit even that good churches with good teachers and loving people and i'm just like why are we always talking about that? Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm cool with most of the men in here. Most of them are married or are pursuing a girl, and the women as well. So we keep talking about homosexuality. Yeah. <laughs> why? Like, Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about sports or something. Like what? 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 Huh? Because it does fuel the uh, argument from homosexual people or people who stand with them that the church hates homosexuality. And listen, there's no hierarchy for sin. No. Period. You saw that list. They're all on the same level, mm-hmm. same plane, mm-hmm. right? Same, they're going to be the same judge, mm-hmm. right? There's no one sin is worse than the other sin mm-hmm. that does not exist, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. You know, there is no one sin. There's no seven deadly sins. and No, they're all deadly, <laughs> period. I mean, the literally. The sin of death, they're literally. all deadly. Lying is deadly. I was studying the word recently, and I saw the word uh, revilers, and I was like, revilers what does this mean i always see christ didn't revile back in short it's abusive words abusive language you can literally go to hell if you are not redeemed by christ for your abusive words towards someone Mm -mm -mm. and there are plenty of people out there right now but we're all guilty (laughs) man we all man look some of us christians don't crush people out in traffic you know who you are you're Mm-hmm. Mm. If you haven't repented, you might want to take some time to do so now. Yes. Some of us were called out of sexual morality and yes. all these things. I know I was. Yes. Yeah, I was a sailor. You're going to hear me say that a lot on this podcast. I was a sailor. I was no right. better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. You know, I was practicing fornication, rapping about it, making songs about it, you know, Oof. committing adultery. Mm-hmm. You know, so far be it from me. 
to go and clobber somebody else. Absolutely. You know, that's the reason why we're doing this show. Exactly. Because there's too much clobbering going on. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone wants to be like the thing from Fantastic Four. It's clobbering like, time. It's clobbering time, right? right? No, it's not. It's you like you're trying to be the thing from uh from Fantastic Four, clobber time, but you're looking like the Pharisees. <laughs> you don't even look like the thing. You're looking like the Pharisees, you mm-hmm. whitewashed tomb. Mm-hmm. You know, and... I really wanted to uh, bring up in this episode an encouragement. And I kind of was thinking about Matthew chapter five, where Jesus, he he goes on and he says that if you even lusted after a woman in your heart Mm -hmm. with lustful intent, you've already committed adultery or fornication in your heart. And so there's this there's what he's saying is you need me. Right? Yes, you need me. You you think that's no way you can do this without me. You can't do it without me because if you don't do it in action, you're gonna do it in your heart. Yep. And so I, 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 for the for the individual who's on the fence, saying, you know, I'm a homosexual, I want to come to Christ, but what if I still have the thoughts? What if I still have the struggles? Or the person who does have the thoughts and the struggles, Christ died for that. He was pointing yes. that out in that text, saying that those thoughts will come. So you need me. Those thoughts need to be covered and you can only get away from those thoughts through me. But too many times you have people who um, and even I'm not even going to lie. I was of this belief because of what I saw that Mm -hmm. the person who was formerly a homosexual or struggle with this is I don't have the thoughts anymore. I'm not gay. anymore. there's a video guy like I'm not gay. I don't desire that no more. Then I had to think about myself. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on, because I have struggled with in my Christianity thoughts of uh, fornication and Mm -hmm. lusted after women as well. Mm -hmm. So what makes me think that that individual is not going to you can't unsee what you see. You can't unhear what you hear. And if you were practicing, as that text said, you practice this lifestyle, then that means that you got really good at it. And it's in here. Yeah. That highlight reel will come back. Yeah, you can't and, unfeel what you felt. Exactly. And so you can you can be redeemed, you can believe in Christ and still have the temptation of those thoughts. Christ you know, knew that. Jackie Hill Perry has a great video about that. Man. In her book. Yes. You know, gay girl, good God. Go get that book. Yes. The the temptation Christ overcame all temptation. So he I love how it says he can sympathize with us. Not only is he God, but he can sympathize because he was tempted in every way and overcame it. But he knows that the temptation is there. Yes. And you're not going to come into the faith and then automatically. I I just no desires no more. You know, mm-hmm. it, the temptation. Satan know what you used to do. Mm-hmm. So he going to send it your way. And I want to say that because I want to, to encourage the uh, individual who's either coming out of homosexuality or who still struggles with the thoughts that this uh, that idea is pushing people away from the church they think i'm going i'm going to come to christ and all of my uh all of my thoughts and my desires are going to go away no i've I've said this before in previous episodes Mm -hmm. like your thoughts are like the birds of the air Mm -hmm. they're going to come they're going to fly over your head Mm -hmm. right but just because they fly over your head don't mean you gotta let them make a nest in your hair exactly right so i mean that doesn't mean you have to harbor those thoughts right um and and worldly meditation we we and, and the world teaches us med- meditation is to empty yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when you empty yourself, what does that make? It makes a vacuum. Mm-hmm. There's no vacuum in nature. Nature mm-hmm. does not. Nature abhors a vacuum. Like mm-hmm. the way I can like to say it, mm-hmm. right? Nature does not, or 
vacuum do not exist in nature. There's always going to be something to fill that void. Mm-hmm. So if you empty yourself of things, there's going to be something that's going to fill that void. Mm-hmm. And typically it's not going to be something good either. Mm-hmm. Right. But how does the scripture tell us how to meditate? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Philippians 4, 4, 11. Mm. Whatever things that are good, mm. whatever things that are pure, whatever things that are noble, whatever things that are good report, mm. meditate on these things. Fill your head with these things. Mm. So when the world comes at you, that's what comes out of your mouth. That's what comes out of your because out of the buns of the heart, the mouth speaks. So that's what comes out of your mouth is if these things are in your heart, right? And and it's um, again, it's it's just a frustration on my end because we are supposed to have love and compassion, and when we preach these sermons on homosexuality and we don't come back around with the encouragement and not just the cliche encouragement if you come to christ then he can clean you that is true but people need to know the reality the practicality that those thoughts will be there you need accountability you how the heck is someone supposed to say well i'm struggling with these thoughts and they feel comfortable coming and telling you when it's demonized they're gonna feel like i'm not opening up and saying that they're gonna think i'm a clown yeah you come out with the hammer exactly they're gonna come down with the hammer jesus didn't do that with the woman caught in adultery nope and this is why it's a great segue right into the segue to um the parable of the lost son Hmm. because the father this story didn't do that either no right so let's run through this real fast. Mm-hmm. So again, this is take place in Luke fifteen eleven through thirty two. Those of us, those of us listening on on a podcast because you can't see the slides. Now I'm reading from the King, the New King James Version because I, I kind of like the way this one says some words and I have some stuff highlighted. And we're gonna go into that a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So the word says this. Then he said, "A certain man, he being Jesus, Jesus telling the story." Then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood, and and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with the prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land and he began to be in want then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine and he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate and no one gave him anything now i just want to pause right there for a second and some of the words that i have highlighted right so going back to the beginning portion of goods right that equals inheritance i'm not mm-hmm. going to go into all different things right now but basically that's inheritance right so technically he wishes death upon his father right because how else do you get your inheritance once they're dead someone dies mm-hmm. right they, they last will and testament and then you get your inheritance right? right so basically he's like dad i want you dead and i want your money mm-hmm. all right basically <laughs> basically and then he says so father gets me the inheritance that falls to me right so this is him saying that mm. but get this i never quite saw this until i started doing a study for this episode right so he divided to them his livelihood mm-hmm. that means both sons got their inheritance mm-hmm. i'd never saw that till now I'm like wow that's 
Interesting. Yeah. Wow, I will follow up later. But I just want to it's point fun. that out. And 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 I think I I love where we have come to in our Christianity. This is such a side note. We're reading the word for ourselves. More than likely, the reason why we miss that is because we've always been taught this story. But the person never highlighted that they both got it. We get so used to hearing these stories mm-hmm. being taught to us. We'll just read through them with the with what we already know instead yeah. of slowing down and looking at the text yes. in its totality. Yes. And that does kill us. And I'm saying that because we need to be Bible students on our own and mm-hmm. stop relying on everybody else's teaching. Mm-hmm. I needed to touch on that. <laughs> Especially if you got the Holy Spirit. Yes. The Holy Spirit will, is yes. the spirit of truth that yes. will lead you into, into all, all truth. truth. The first teacher. Yes. 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 So this other word, uh, prodigal, mm. right? That means um, I'm not. I I forgot to practice that that the word. A sotos. There you go. That's the kind right there. Yeah. <laughs> it means riotous, dissolutely, profligatory. Again, I, I'm butchering all these words. <laughs> Profigatively. Well, there you go. Thank you. Back me up. You know, that's why I got back up. I was doing it by myself. I'm right. in trouble. But uh, <laughs> somebody's still correcting us on the other side. On the other side. Some maybe. English major. <laughs> but anyways, riotous means exuberant, mm-hmm. like joyously, unrestrained, and enthusiastic or elaborate, especially in style, flamboyant. Mm-hmm. Dissolutely means marked by indulgence in things such as drinking or promiscuous sex yep. he was on and, and what's the word again which one Prolig- pro- <laughs> pro- <laughs> pro- figuratively see you got you <laughs> you got me now 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 that you brought it up i can't say it i thought you were talking about a soto but, uh, but um a person given to wildly extravagant and mm-hmm. usually grossly self-indulgent expenditures mm. so when you back that up that's basically he's running around having orgies yeah right he's basically having sex parties mm-hmm. right basically mm-hmm. right, prodigal living mm-hmm. you know and then his other word joined i thought that was pretty interesting too because that wow. is uh kaleo i believe i said that correctly and uh if i'm not then someone will correct me in the comments but uh that means to cleave right to join to join to keep company. Sound you know? like Genesis. I know, right? Man, cleave like, to your wife. Like, bing, 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 bing. There we go. So right there. He went and got married to a citizen. Now it doesn't say male or female, so mm-hmm. we don't know. It, mm-hmm. it couldn't be either one. Right. Right. Whatever. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. The point is he went and got married to somebody, mm-hmm. you know, and he's doing all this wildly extravagant living. Right? It's cause he got money, right? So um moving on. Wait, did I th- <laughs> never mind? We'll talk about no, it later. We'll <laughs> Anyways, um, so continue on. But when he had came to himself, he said, "How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I will perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son." Make me like one of your hired servants. Hmm. Now, the reason why I have this highlighted, but when he came to himself, is because people have to be allowed to come to the end of themselves. Yes, that's kind of the point that I'm making about um, about um, common law marriage and stuff like that. Like you have to be allowed to come to the end of yourself. Because hmm. if not, then you're going to blow up in the house. Hmm. Like if the prodigal son, we don't know what would have happened if the prodigal son wasn't allowed to leave. And uh, it would have been bad for the whole household. 
that's where we get phrases like holier than thou bible thumper beating people over the head with mm-hmm. scripture you're not allowing people to come to the end of themselves yes you're trying to beat them up and get them to come to the end of themselves by what you're saying yes but <laughs> it's not it's not for us to change hearts no Only god can do that he's the, the only mercy one of god will lead you to himself that's a tough reality too when it is people that you love and yes. you want them to come to a conclusion that is clear as day in scripture but it's like they may not see it right now then yep. you have to say what did we not see at certain points and even now yep so he goes on to say and he arose and came to his father but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion mm. on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And a son said to him, Father, I have I have sinned against heaven and, and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And that word compassion, I am not going to try to pronounce that, but to be moved <laughs> as to one's bowels, hence to be moved with compassion. Have Having compassion is kind of like... um. But the bowels were thought to be the seat of love and pity, mm-hmm. you know, and this is the kind of response the church should have towards everyone, especially towards someone who's returned from their wicked ways, right? And repented of their sins and came back, mm-hmm. you know, we should be ready to throw them a party, calling up all our friends and neighbors and say, hey, hey, you know, Joey's back, you know, mm-hmm. we got Joey's back, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. No matter, no matter the pain. Yeah, you know? and, and just from a, a theological standpoint, just to touch on something, um, with the example of the father, it, it it didn't say that the father was sitting there and he was waiting. We have a savior that pursues sinners. Yes. He pursues us, and we see that consistent in scripture. He didn't wait for him to get there. He saw him a ways and he went to him and he went down and he cried. He out there with the binoculars. Yes. <laughs> or we look at the parable of the lost sheep he went through i mean you have to think about culturally the terrain that he would have had to go through yep. through to get the sheep and then carry it back on his shoulders through that terrain yep. that was pursuit yep and i can keep going on and on but there is pursuit that mm-hmm. we see in our lord and savior for sure so now his older son was in a field and as he came and drew near to the house he heard music and dancing so he called one of the servants and asked, what, what do these things mean? And he said to him, your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. Pause. Good. There's that theological thing again. that the father came out and pleaded with him. Yep. Even the self-righteous brother who was already there had access to everything and got angry when his brother actually did what was right and came to his senses and came back into the fold. It says the father could have easily got mad and said, you tripping. He went out and pleaded with him. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we serve you, a good guy. Yes, we do. <laughs> Amen. Which we, is what we're doing here, too. Pleading with, with, with our church, our brethren, our brothers and sisters. In yes. Like, yes. Like, so what, what, what it goes on to say is, therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. Hmm. So he answered him and said to his father, lo, these many years I have been serving you. I've never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you give me, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son, mind you, that's also his brother. Mm-hmm. But as soon as this son of yours came, came home, who has, soon as the son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And in harlot, basically a prostitute. Nothing mm-hmm. 
go in on that, but that's all that means. Um, I'm sorry, hitting the wrong button there. Haha. And he said to him, "Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours." It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is now found. Mm. You know, so what we see in that is mercy, mm-hmm. repentance, mm-hmm. forgiveness, mm-hmm. you know, and mercy from the father, repentance from the lost son, mm-hmm. forgiveness from the father. Mm-hmm. Like it's you can't get away from that. Mm. And, and we have to keep that at the forefront of our minds that this is the way this is the model by which we should act towards people who are living in these sins there's another encouragement in that text too uh going back to the uh, homosexual for him to be eating with the pigs in their culture a pig was considered unclean that was the lowest of the low they weren't even supposed to eat pig and so that just shows the depravity of his mind and how far gone he was in his sin that he was eating with the pigs and eating filth and that shows how far gone we go away from god when we are born into sin and we are sinners and he is our father but he was able to turn back and repent and have yes. forgiveness you are not so gone that you cannot repent and come to our lord and have forgiveness yes your sin is not so bad that i can never turn back from this i'm, I'm too far gone as paul says such were some are you amen such was this guy right here you know so we're gonna wrap it up because we went way well over time on this one Mm-hmm. So we talked about identity, we talked about the identity issue, mm-hmm. the marriage issue, mm-hmm. and we're gonna leave off on some encouragement. So if you if if you are struggling in this area, we do pray for you. Mm-hmm. You know, hit us up on the comments, whatever, and um, we'll pray for you. Yes, we will. And um, there's hope. There mm-hmm. is a way out. All right. So if you like what you're hearing, if if this ministered to you, and you know someone that this can minister to. You know, hit the like, hit the subscribe. You can find us wherever you get your podcast. Check out the blogs on us too, because uh, we do follow up and answer some more questions and um, give a little more, expand a little more perspective on what we're talking about. Um, look for those links and um, we'll get back at you next time. But All right. go in the peace of God and the strength of the Holy Spirit. Yes.